In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. everyone welcome back to part two of our jurassic park episode we rejoin myself and sarah as we are discussing how these scientists can go from cloning dinosaur embryos into having dinosaurs created and thriving in an environment is this possible what do we think i think sarah's pretty skeptical I don't know much about science, but it seems like it's not really a thing. Um, That's where we rejoin our conversation. Thank you, as always, for listening and enjoy. Um, So this, I mean, our question itself is already getting to what is happening here, which Malcolm says, which is like, he's immediately a big, what's the opposite of fan? Objector. (laughs) He hates this. He hates this from the start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he says things like, uh, life won't be contained. What are you doing here? And that's when Wu, a.k.a. B.D. Wong, kind of like flippantly is like, well, you know, they're all female. There's no breeding Mm -hmm. out in the wild. We've already thought of that. And that, again, was another question to me, which is like, um, one of the downsides of cloning, and this is true, is that... You can only clone something for so long because eventually there's like, uh, it, gets, like it kind of thin up. it like thins out is not really the right way to say it, but that's kind of what it means. Well, it's like you're gonna start getting more and more um, kind of defects, genetic defects, yeah. the more you clone the same thing over and over again. Right, and that's why like a fully cloned society eventually would like stop functioning is because there's no new genetic material. You need new genetic material. Also, I'm just thinking right now, like I didn't again er, in the watching of the movie, I didn't think of it, but again, not a scientist, but mm, another thing, if you want to be like, I understand the whole like single sex, like being a thing where you they won't reproduce but hello guess what what if you did all males because they literally cannot hold and get pregnant true true but that's the whole thing they must need females so that they can incubate the embryo to lay the egg oh right right, right. i think that's right. probably yeah. why this is happening i guess so um mm, but I even so, so the the point is is what they should have been doing from the start is having male and female herbivores <laughs> and what then, they should have been doing from the start is like not any of this well <laughs> like, yes but like let's say they had to uh, someone t- held a gun to john hammond's head and said make me some dinosaurs i want a dinosaur <laughs> theme park 
then, then I would say you get herbivores, you get male and female, so that really you're only cloning the first generation of yeah. stuff. And then, like, there should be hopefully enough genetic variation in these clones that you make. Because let's say you're going to clone, like, 7 to 10 brontosauruses or whatever. Yeah. So then hopefully that's enough genetic material to kind of get the ball rolling and then you then you then you become a real actual animal preserve and what your job should be is like monitoring and making sure that they're breeding properly and like all the jazz that goes with actual zookeeping and stuff you know like that's what should be happening rather than I think what this is suggesting is that it's just going to be clone after clone after clone into Hi infinity which if you've ever seen multiplicity that's no good um oh man i've not seen that movie and i've always kind of meant to (laughs) well i have it on our list so we might get there oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh man i love it so anyway malcolm is the one who starts the ball rolling of like i don't think this is great um then we go outside to watch the raptor being fed. And this is yeah, when the cow gets totally eviscerated. And yep. Muldoon is there again. And he's being quite ominous. And he's particularly talking about how that there's this one female raptor. I don't know why he, he says female raptor. But I don't know why he needs to say that. Because we've just learned they're all female. But nonetheless. Yeah. Um, there's one that's like especially smart. And has started doing things to, like, test its enclosure, right? To, like, mm. figure out, like, is there voltage running through this fence all the time or just some of the time? You know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, then, so this is more information that says this maybe is a bad idea, guys. For God's sakes. Um, then we go into and a... And here's the other thing. that Like, literally, I mean, some of it, when you really break it down, is, like... It's, uh, all of this was avoidable because okay, oh, one hundred percent. No one, no one did hold a gun to Hammond's head. To yeah, like none of this was <laughs> necessary. But, th- but also like in for specifically the raptors, like one could argue they would be like the most deadly or the most. They certainly seem the smart thing. Bad news. It seems bad news. So, why not after it kills? Because we assume that it was a raptor that kills the guy in the first scene. Or at least I, I think so. That. Yeah, because that's why Muldoon is so weird in this scene. Is because he's yes. seen. I think we've. He's saying that he's seen that specific raptor eat that guy, and so and now he's out. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what you do, everybody. You kill the raptors. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, sounds, that was a that bad choice. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds maybe a little like, okay, we don't want to kill animals. Like, sorry, PETA, but like we made a mistake. Right. And this, these are dangerous. We got to get rid of them. Yeah. So kill the raptors. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, don't let, don't let people into the park before you kill the raptors. Yeah. It's like Just, this, you don't, you could maybe make some adjustments and it wouldn't be the full vision you had, but then people wouldn't die in your park and it could go on hopefully yeah. without trouble. Um, yeah. So we come into a dining room. Hammond is clearly trying to win people over by just having a very fancy lunch. 
Um, which admittedly, I like a fancy lunch. So like, you know, who's to say? Um, I mean, the, all the parts leading up to the bad shit looked great. Yeah. Um, and this is when Gennaro, the lawyer, is saying shit like we can charge whatever we want. Um, and I forget what figures he's throwing around, but it's like, even in, I mean, especially in 1993 money, it was like exorbitant what he was suggesting. Um, yeah. and then Hammond, of course, says, um, or maybe not, of course, but like, he's like, no, no, I want this to be an experience that anyone could achieve. So we shouldn't make it so expensive that like only some can appreciate it. Um, which is like, oh, that's like one nice thing this guy said. Um, and then, then we just return back to the same issue that Malcolm had raised in the lab, which is like, this is a really bad idea. Um, and it seems, I, and he, I think, says something along the lines of what you were saying, which is like, how did you get so far down this track without even thinking about like the ethical issues here and also just the straight up, security issues like it seems like you've just not you've just thrown all of that out in your pursuit of this challenge um and in the context of him saying that Malcolm says about dinosaurs nature selected them for extinction now I as someone who spends quite a lot of time um, with the history of biology for her actual work. Um, I'm not really sure that's what I would describe the extinction of dinosaurs as being that it's like nature selected that they be extinct because the general consensus for a long time has been is that a meteor hit the earth which then drastically changed the climate and the dinosaurs um, died because of it. Now you could say, well, that's natural selection because they didn't adapt to the new temperatures. But I'm like, but like a meteor hitting the earth doesn't feel like a natural thing in quite the same way as like what natural selection normally posits, which is like, oh, you know, we're living in this aquatic environment and these are the things that would behoove me as an animal living in that environment to longer success in life you know like yeah it just doesn't I don't know I was just like I don't really agree with him characterizing that way but he's also a mathematician so you know whatever um and Hammond seems like he doesn't really like Malcolm and he never did so I don't know why he's invited him here um but Ellie and Grant are similarly like, yeah, this is really a bad idea. And, um, you know, as kind of amazing the things we've seen have been, uh, we will not be signing off on this. Like, there's just too many risks. And I think Ellie is the one who says, like, you've got plants growing in your lobby that look beautiful but are actually poisonous um, because she's a paleobotanist. Um, so you, you know, you just don't, you are clearly not versed enough in this to be the person in charge of it. Yeah. Um, and of course Hammond is horrified and shocked that the only person who likes his idea is the lawyer. Um, and he thought, he kept thinking like these scientists and mathematicians would be like the ones who would be carried away, but they are 
the voice of reason, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, well, why don't you just take the tour that I've already planned and, you know, we'll see how you feel after that. And the answer is they will not feel great. Um, they will feel the opposite. <laughs> they will be good. even more convinced of what they're saying right now. Um, that's when the kids show up. They're Hammond's grandchildren, Lex and Tim, and they're going to be going on this tour as well. Um, Which also shows what a poor, poor, like, judgment brain, I don't know, <laughs> like, poor judgment that Hammond has because he know again, he knows all of the things oh, about yeah. this place. The, yeah. And he's letting his grand also he's letting his grandchildren go out with literal all strangers. strange adults. Like there's so many things wrong with that. I mean, but let's not forget that in the nineties it was totally normal for just you as a teen to be around random adults all the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> I mean that wasn't my life, but like I don't know. That it's strange, especially in this particular environment. Yes. So we then anyway. have some fun kind of to me, I this is a very Disney thing again where they're in these cars that are on tracks and the the cars have been automated to take you through mm -hmm. the park um without a driver. And there this was super this was like oh it is 1993 because Lex is like Oh, wow, look, there's a CD-ROM in the car. <laughs> I was like, CD-ROM? Oh, my God. <laughs> we are old. I know. Uh, kids, just like how we told you to, like, look up what Seinfeld was all about. Just look up CDs. CDs and <laughs> CD-ROMs, and you'll get some giggles out of that, I'm sure. Um, so this is also when there's that stupid shtick where Grant is trying to avoid being in the car with the kids but that one, the little boy keeps following him around. Um, mm -hmm. And then we also hear an announcement that will become important later, which is that the ferry to the mainland will be leaving at 7 p.m. So then we get into the control room. They all should have looked at their watches. I mean, they all should have been on that ferry, frankly. Um, <laughs> I'd been like, it's 6.45, let's GTFO. Yeah. Like... So we're in the control room now. Hammond is in there, and he so he's going to be monitoring the tour from the control room because every spot on the tour, at the very least, is, like, with CCTV footage so you can see what's happening. Yeah. And this is when we get good old Samuel L., and he's kind of revving up the tour. It was never clear to me exactly what his job was in this whole thing. His job um, was hanging a cigarette out of his mouth. I know. Stuff. It was, like, so great. He was, like, constantly having that cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Sometimes to the point where, like, it would, like, be almost hanging down vertically, but it would still stick yeah. to his lip because of the moisture yeah. of his lip. Yeah. Um, so he starts the tour, and this is when he says... Hang on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. Uh, his favorite phrase. Um... So, unfortunately, though, for everybody involved, pretty this, since this is the first official run of the whole tour, um, I guess they've done certain tests, but this is, like, the first real kind of, like, as if you were a paying customer, what would you get? Um, and a series of different glitches start to happen quite immediately. 
And then worse still, um, when the cars stop outside the different kind of like paddocks for each different species of dinosaur, um, the dinosaurs are not visible. They're and here's not the deal. Here's another, here's another deal, people, just in terms. <laughs> a, a zoo or an animal park does not owe you animals, and the animals do not owe you <laughs> their presence. So at a thing like this, which is a giant place, you might not see the thing right up close. And that's okay. You don't need to get out of your goddamn car. <laughs> no. I mean, try you to should, look for it. And wait, did you go with, because I know I've been to Lion Country Safari. Lion Country Safari. Yeah. Of course. They so specifically say, never leave your car. <laughs> and do you know how many videos I've seen online of stupid idiots getting out of their cars at places like that? And then a lion chases them and they're like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. It's like, and in this case, when they're like having these problems later, Hammond says, oh, we should set it up so that the doors lock in the car. And I'm like... You didn't do that uh, already? Uh, like, <laughs> if you're cause, seriously, because I guess in Lion Country Safari, Safari and similar, you're in your own car, so uh, I can't remember. I, well, actually, but you're not on a track, like clearly. No, no, I remember at Lion Country Safari, they were all they were like uh, zebra striped cars. Oh, yeah. so I think they were maybe, the, and they, they probably cars, automatically lap locked like once you got moving probably would be my guess maybe but, but then um, there is like safety issues with that too so like you got to be careful yeah but. that's true um yeah you have to be able to emergency release those locks um yeah something but yeah i mean it's in anything of this nature you're told repeatedly like do not get out of your car and so yes because they're in these big like paddocks you might not see anything in a given space because they could be further back and you're not going to see them. Um, you're so, I think the likelihood that you're going to see one like immediately right next to the fence is like super unlikely. Um, but this is like a real poor showing. Hammond's getting irritated um, be between the glitches and the not showing of dinosaurs. Um, and so this is also when N Newman is like, saying to Hammond, like, please give me more money for reasons that are unclear. And Hammond is like, basically, <laughs> like, I've, we've already been through this and I won't. Um, he really should have. <laughs> I don't, at this, more money. at this point, I'm not sure it would have made a difference because was he going to give yeah. Newman $1.5 million? Like, yeah, in this moment, true. I'm not sure. Um... So then there's another glitch and the cars stop kind of in the middle of nowhere and that's when everybody decides to get out of their cars. Um, and is, is it dark yet? I feel no, like it's, it's not dark, dark yet because oh, this is the yet. part where um, they find the Triceratops. Oh, this is that. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they find the sick Triceratops. They're looking at that. This is, again, one of the more magical, heartwarming moments. Um, yeah, and that... The animatronics, which I assume this was, yes. was pretty good, I yes. would say. Yeah, this was really cool because, like, um, Sam Neill lays down on its stomach and it breathes and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Ellie is with, like, there's, like, a, I don't want to say zookeeper, but that's what it is. There's, like, just some guy who's, like, 
saying, oh, there's out there. The triceratops is sick, and I'm trying to figure out what. And then Ellie, because she's a paleobotanist, is like, oh, it's been eating some kind of plant life. And then so she's like, okay, well, I'm going to stay with this triceratops and like, I'll meet you guys back at the like central lodge place or whatever that main place yeah. is. So central lodge, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know what to call that place, like the lobby. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so that's where. So I think part of the reason why this scene even exists is not just to show the coolness of the animatronic dinosaur, but also because it's like that will explain why Ellie is separated from the group later. Um, so. We go back to the control room, and now um, Samuel L. Jackson is telling Hammond, like, this storm that was predicted is really coming in, um, and we should cut the tour short because, like, this is going to be dangerous. Um, in the meantime, Newman has begun the weird hack that he's done on the security yeah. system so that he can steal the embryos. I think the plan is that... He wants to hack the security system so that no one will see him taking the embryos, I think. Um, But then, yeah. But then he, like, the thing that I don't understand about what he does is then he, like, keeps the system offline. They don't want, because he also doesn't want them to see him leaving? I think so. Is he planning on, like, quitting? Oh, yeah. Once he does this, he's not coming back to work. I guess, yeah. That's, (laughs) I mean... That's the only thing I can imagine is happening here. Is Again, like, like best case scenario here, you've lost like your one guy who knows. Right, right. But they don't know he's got this plan. But yes. Well, no, of course not. Um, I always, and that is true. I wonder if he, like, because a smoother person would have done that, which is I'll steal this shit and then I'll sell it to these people and I'll keep coming to work anyway. That would be the smart thing to do. But I always had the impression that the way Newman was planning was like, I steal this shit, I fuck them over, I'm never coming back, and I get my $1.5 million. That's always how I interpreted it. Yeah. Um, so as a result of this fussing around he's been doing in the security system, all the security fences stop working everywhere in the park, which is not great. Not great. Um... <laughs> He then leaves, um, and we see a shot of him trying to drive away to get onto the ferry by 7 p.m. Yeah. When the team in the control room... It's raining now, too. Now it's super raining, It's and it's gotten to be night. Um, and back in the control room, Arnold is like, I've something's fucked up, and I don't... And I know that Newman did it because there's that weird, like, isn't there an image of him being like, ha, 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 or uh-huh. something? It's like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, yeah. The right code or something yeah. like that. So ah, they, ah, ah. yeah, that's another thing that shows me he never intended to come back to work after that. True. Um, yeah. So, but, like, basically Arnold is like, I uh, don't, I can do coding, sure, but I have not been working on this, so I would have to go through every single thing that Newman has done to figure out what's going wrong, um, yeah, which is a time-consuming process, time, right? Because there's people outside with right. dinosaurs. <laughs> Meanwhile, it just so happens that as this rain and night and monsoon sitch is happening, um, the touring cars have stopped 
directly in front of the T-Rex paddock. Um, and all the fences have stopped working and the kids are in one car and the adults are in another car. And this is one of the like super emblematic scenes of the movie. Do you want to describe it about the glass of water? Oh yeah. Is this, so there, I can't remember which car it's in though. Like, and who sees it first? I think yeah, it's so Lex who sees the it. little girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause she's good at that shaky face and like yeah. big eye thing. Yeah. Um, so they're in the Jeep car things and it's raining. Everything's a mess. And they have these, this little glass of water on the dashboard. And all of a sudden you like start to hear uh, an echo or a, a boom or something. Yeah. And the glass of water starts to shake and you, s and then she's like, Ooh, shaky face eye thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we realized that, although we kind of already knew it, I guess, but they're outside of the T-Rex enclosure. Yes. And so these waves. And like, the T-Rex is coming. Yeah. So with each sound, there is a little wave in the water glass. And then we also noticed that the goat that had been put in the enclosure is gone. Um, and then the T-Rex pops out over the fence and I think makes that you know like tinny roar sound like yeah um yeah. but way louder and scarier than what i just did um <laughs> and so needless to say as soon as this occurs everyone loses their shit which makes sense um and gennaro the lawyer i don't understand this reaction to be honest he runs out of the car and goes into the bathroom that was such a weird everything about and it's like <laughs> what a weird decision like everything about it is weird he leaves children alone like oh right because he's in the car with not them. your kids yeah yeah yeah. i understand they're not your kids but like, he leaves the door open kids alone like to go to the back like what are you doing <laughs> and also i was thinking this after when i was like going through my notes again and putting this outline together was like you know where a good spot for a bathroom is where someone's gonna want to like take a little break outside the t-rex yeah what are you talking yeah, no, about put it in front because of like the sweetest tiniest little baby dinosaurs <laughs> and also how long is this tour that people need to get out of the cars again it's encouraging people to get out of the cars i know don't do that no so he runs into the bathroom i guess hoping that's more protective than the jeep he's in um Meanwhile, in the other car, where it's Ellie, Grant, and Malcolm, Grant is like, if we stay perfectly still, the T-Rex won't see us because I guess T-Rex vision is based on movement. Um, yeah, duh. Everyone knows that. I didn't know it, but fine. Um, I know it from this movie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's even true, but that's what this movie Well, posits. she needed to turn off that goddamn flashlight. Oh, I know. It was so obnoxious. This, that's the thing. The As much as I assume most of this was how she was directed, I was so angry at this girl all the time. <laughs> she was like freaking out and shouting and this is the most obnoxious. She immediately starts yeah. looking for a flashlight. And I, while I do understand that impulse, I feel mm -hmm. like, I mean, she's like a 13 year old in this movie. So like, 
I think by then you would know, like, if I don't want to draw attention to myself, I'm not going to put a light on. Like, right. Like, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand what that choice was. I, there's lots of choices here. I don't understand. Like, I, I just don't know. <laughs> like yeah. I'm at a loss because I don't understand the choices that were made. Nor I. So, of course, when she turns on the flashlight, the T-Rex spots them and starts attacking their car. Um, mm-hmm. And so, in an effort to try and save the kids, both um, Grant and Malcolm come, get out of their car and distract the T-Rex with, like, flares to draw the T-Rex away, which I guess sort of works, but only sort of because then we get to, now did you say this is your favorite death? I didn't say it. It's, um, I think I may have hinted at it. Uh, it's, I've got two. This is one of them. Yeah. I thought this was funny, but it is not my favorite one. So. Yeah. I, this is, it's one of my two top ones. Because especially what I liked about it is how he's sitting on the toilet, which is, like, even weirder. I'm like, so has he been yeah. shitting the whole time? Like, I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe he was, like, nervous shitting. I mean, I, I get that. Yeah. But. but then he's, so he's, like, sitting on the toilet. The T-Rex blows away, like, the hut around the toilet. So then we just see him <laughs> sitting on a toilet. And then the T-Rex literally, like, chomps down on the top of him and like pulls its head back so then we see his little legs like flop and then he gets eaten and I was like that's pretty good (laughs) yeah I mean just his little like legs hanging out of its mouth it's like it's good yeah so then needless to say uh Malcolm has drawn the t-rex away and so he's on his own Meanwhile, Grant is left to get the kids out of the SUV that they're stuck in. Um, He manages to get Lex out, but Tim is still stuck inside. Um, And so then the T-Rex comes back and knocks the SUV with Tim inside it down into um, the paddock. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh no, is Tim dead? Um, Yeah. Meanwhile, back in the control room, Arnold explains that Newman um, has fucked up this whole thing to both Hammond and Muldoon, who has shown up for some reason. Um, And so I think this is... Oh, no, not yet. Um, So then Hammond is like Muldoon, because Muldoon's expertise is like hunting and stuff. So he's like, I'm going to send you out to get my grandkids back. Um... And so then they're just kind of like, well, we can't really do any more because Newman has fucked this system up so badly. We like we need him to do it. Um, Meanwhile, Newman himself is getting his just desserts because in his panic to get off the island and onto the ferry as fast as possible in this rainy monsoon situation, um, he's gotten lost. And so... And all the roads are, like, slippery and full of mud. So he... I mean, how... But I'm also curious, like, how big could this place be? Like, I know it's kind of big, but, It seems big when they do the shots of it, but I don't know. I guess. But it is just, like... I guess, but you would have to, like... So I'm... Okay. So I'm assuming, like, what's supposed to happen in, like, real life if you're a tourist to this place and this movie doesn't happen and people don't die? 
you get onto a ferry mm-hmm. slash you take a helicopter there. Yeah, probably rich people could take a helicopter there. You, and then you like drive to the park. It doesn't seem like it could be that. Well, whatever. I don't know. But anyway, he's lost. He's lost. And then he crashes his Jeep because it's like bad weather. And yeah. when he gets out to fix it, um, we should know what's coming because this is a character who wears glasses and he loses his glasses. So uh, whenever you lose your glasses in a movie, you're about to die. Yeah. Just forget it. Um, <laughs> those glasses, if they show up, are going to be under your foot as you smash them. And then Correct. you're really fucked. Um, so while he is trying to like pull himself out of the ditch that he's got his car into, um, a little tiny... Well, also, so he... There's all this, like, he's in, like, somehow he's in, like, a river or, like, a little tiny waterfall or something. Um, I feel like it's, like, a, a hill, but it's, like, gotten really Oh, yeah, maybe so. Because doesn't, the water knocks him down um, because he's yeah. a clumsy fat guy, and then he loses his glasses, and then he also loses the embryo thing in the first place that he was running away he's for. He's a mess. He's a Like, mess. his whole day sucks now. And then to add insult to injury. He deserves it, quite frankly. Yeah. But... To add insult to injury, um, as he's trying to, like, recombobulate himself, this tiny little dino shows up. And at first you're like, oh, maybe it's, like, cute. Maybe it's fun. Um, and I think he, doesn't he talk to it like he's a dog or something? Like the, I, He's like, oh, you're just a cute little one. You're not, yeah. you're, you're not going to hurt me. But then what happens he in fact hurts him <laughs> yeah but like specifically how oh, okay so so he's like oh you're a cute little guy and then like the thing's like yep i'm cute and then it like sneaks up on him again and does the i don't know what those these guys are called but it does like the crazy uh side <laughs> i don't even know what to call it like the the fan outside thing and it like shakes it at him and it's creepy um and it then he's like scared of it so then he gets in it's his called car. a dilophosaurus okay um they're great i love them um but yeah so then he gets in his car and um and then it like sneaks up on him in there well like, so first somehow so first he's like talking to it and then it's weird fan like shoots out from so it looked like it's just a normal dinosaur and then it's got this weird fan stuff that shoots out of its head and then it's like yeah <laughs> oh it spits at him yeah it goes like doesn't it spit at him too yeah and then it yeah. spits venom in his eyes and he's like ah 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 and then he finds a way to get back into the jeep he's been in and i think there's a different one that's made its way in there and that's what kills oh. him yeah and we don't see it we just see the jeep like flailing around a little bit and we're supposing he's dead and that's my second favorite slash tied for favorite death that's my favorite personally and I was like (laughs) even when I was putting the movie on I was like oh I can't wait till that part when Newman gets it (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's it's mainly it's mainly because and I will say this movie does could kill more people quite frankly but it does keep it to a relative minimum but also there just aren't that many people in the cast or even at the park because it's not open so there's only so many people 
but the movie only kills the like bad people. Yes, basically. Yes, for so sure. That at least is appreciated. Yeah. So then we return to the T Rex paddock, and we're, we realize that in fact Tim has survived the fall of the car, but the car is like vertically in this big ass tree. And so Grant helps him get out of the car, into the tree, but then the car starts crashing down, 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 and um, they have to get down the tree super fast in order to avoid being hit by the car as it moves down the tree. Now... That's a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, that would be rough. Um, Now we're in a situation where for at least a bit of the movie, Grant, who we have learned hates children tremendously is only with children and because yep. everyone has been which i think separated. this is the entire reason they have him hate kids in the yes, beginning is just for, sure. for this yes absolutely this purpose yes um some amount of time later it's not entirely clear to me when ellie yeah. and hammond because ellie has made her way back to the center because she was taking care of that triceratops right so right so um they decide that they need to help Muldoon find these missing tour members. And so they Uh go to the T-Rex paddock and they obviously see like the various shit that's gone down there and they're like, this is bad. They Um, see a toilet that's (laughs) gone. (laughs) But what they also discover is that Malcolm has somehow miraculously survived, but he does have a broken leg. Um, so they all load up into the Jeep and then the T-Rex comes back again and we get a pretty good chase scene out of that. Yeah, and guys, uh, just so you know, if you, like, the car to get is, like, a Jeep 4x4 because it can outrun a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, it, and I don't know how to sell it better to you than that. Um, then, of course, we have the bit where the kids are up in the tree and there's, like, some yeah, cutesy shit. Um, yeah, Then we get back into this center area and they're in like the gift shop slash dining room. I'm not totally sure. And this is when Ellie and Hammond have their tete-a-tete and Ellie is like, surely you see that this park can never happen. This is too dangerous. This is their first day and it's all falling apart. And Hammond's response is like, well, it's the first day. Like, I'll fix all of this. And it will be yeah. fine. Um, and, like, he's still not getting it in terms of, like... Yeah, and I this I don't think this is the part that... I can't remember if this is the part that... Um, whatchamacallit. It's not, but I'm going to say it anyway. The part where later um, Jeff Goldblum is, like, uh, talking to him. And he's like, well, you know, even Disney World had, like, some kinks to work out at the beginning. And Jeff Goldblum's like, yeah, but at Disney World, if something broke, the Pirates of the Caribbean didn't kill the tourists. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, like, because Hammond keeps minimizing what's going on. And I feel like... Yeah. Um, Even though his literal grandchildren are out right. in a rainstorm nighttime. Well, I guess it's not that's, raining at that's, anymore, I guess. But. That's best case scenario. They might be eaten already eaten and he's like yeah it's the first day (laughs) yeah and as well like the other thing is like I would say he is thinking of this as a theme park 
which is true, but he's not thinking of this as a nature preserve or a zoo, which is also what it is. Like, yeah, yes, certain things like theme parks have glitches when they get going, sure. Um, but that's not what this is only. Right, if, like, if a zoo has a glitch or, like, a thing where all the animals get out, guess what? It's not opening. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, so then we go back to see the kids and Grant who have made it through the night by hiding up in a tree. Um, and this scene is only important actually for two plot points that get thrown in right. very much at random. First, right. the part where she gets sneezed on. Well, that's not a plot point. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but it is gross. And it, it is, is gross. Um, but she says she's a hacker for some reason. Like, I don't even. Oh, she does? She I does. That. Um, and it's a apropos. Old hacker. Yeah, it's apropos of nothing. But it's important for later. <laughs> um, yeah. The other important plot point is that Sam, or no, sorry, that's his real name. And that's what I've put in this outline. But I mean to say <laughs> Alan Grant finds an egg just in the jungle, right? So it's not mm -hmm. in the controlled space of the lab, it's in the jungle. And that proves that the dinosaurs are breeding of their own volition, which is should be impossible. But how are they able to do it, Amy? Well, if my understanding, I, did, you, did you write it here? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, you did, oh, okay. Um, Oh, oh, because dum-dums, which I wouldn't have known either, but frogs, um, having part of their DNA be frog DNA allows them to change sex because apparently that's what frogs can do, question mark? Only some types. He says specifically certain species of frogs can do this. Okay. Um, that is wild. Yeah. So in certain circumstances where it's a single sex only situation certain frogs can change to allow for reproduction to happen now surely a scientist <laughs> should know that and should consider that well possibly or maybe sure but i think what's really the point here or how i would say is like going back to kind of what malcolm was saying as well which is like the problem with these types of endeavors, and that's yeah. kind of any scientific endeavor, is you can plan for a lot of contingencies using common sense and, like, doing whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, certain things will always happen that are unpredictable. And that's not even yeah. with things that are, like, genetic experiments. That's any kind of experiment. That's all science. Yeah. It's like, right. you. this is what we're planning that is for. Science. Right. This is what we're planning for. This is what we anticipate based on what we know. But that isn't always what happens. So. And that's fair enough. And that's fair enough. But I, but you would, I would think that like with all, what it seems like they have this like team of scientists and these team of like right. geneticists even it does seem strange that not one person would be like well we better be careful which species of frog we use yes. because if it's so important that they all be female these ones would not be good for this that one let's not use that <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so meanwhile back in the control room uh arnold is like okay look i straight up can't figure out um what 
Newman has done. So really the only way to kind of get the system back online is we're going to have to shut down everything and start over again. Um, which anyone who's got a computer that's being glitchy knows sometimes you just have to restart the whole thing. I literally had to do that today. And I was like, <laughs> I, couldn't, I was like, what the hell's wrong with this thing? Like, yeah, it's uh, mm, anyway. And however, Arnold is. But you would think with this is a system this large and dealing with something. Like yeah, you probably this. would want backups and like you wouldn't want to do this. Because, and that's exactly what he says. He's like, the thing is, we've never done a full shutdown and, to, and we do it. And then really all the fences will be off. Like, every, you know, even the backup stuff will be off and we'll be defenseless. Um, and we don't know how long it'll take to bring it back right. up if we've never done it. Right. Then Muldoon, yes. uh, who's there, is like, what about the lysine contingency? And that's, it doesn't really matter what lysine is, but basically um, they've set up a biological failsafe in all of these clones where they could basically just shut them all down, a.k.a. kill them immediately. They should just do that. Yeah, and that and so and Muldoon obviously is of that persuasion, but Hammond refuses to do this because he's still of the opinion that the situation uh, is salvageable. Uh, and he's he doesn't. Like an idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, but like I guess to humanize him a bit, he has spent a lot of money and a lot of time, and so no, I get that. I the idea that, that he would busy. right that they would kill all of these animals is like he can't do it i get it i get it and i'm not saying that i am a proponent of killing all especially all the ones that have done nothing right but like there should definitely be okay you fucking idiots like if you have a failsafe that can do that then you should ha you should specify the the carnivores right like, well right and i was like why can't you just do this lysine contingency on some like, right. this I don't thing. know like, what this means. Idiots. They just are idiots. Right. So then, of course, Arnold shuts down the system and he says... Hang on to your... Hold on to your butts. Indeed. Um, and this is, again, where I didn't fully get it. So the system does shut down and starts to reboot, but somehow someone physically needs to go to a shed to switch various <laughs> flips or flip various switches um to like that's poor plan and i was like i don't understand <laughs> why can't you control everything from this control room otherwise what's the point of a control room i don't understand you should name it like a like a semi control yeah <laughs> but anyway arnold says that he'll go so he goes and various time passes and after some time ellie is like he should have done it by now and it's not working so something's gone wrong so I will go to the shed and do this as mm -hmm. soon as she leaves the control room and gets outside she immediately starts getting hunted by raptors um mm -hmm. as she runs to the shed not great meanwhile Grant and the kids have got they have been working to try and get back to this like central lodge place or whatever yeah. and so they've gotten to a point where they have to climb over one of the fences, which has been deactivated, um, mm -hmm. to be able to get over there. So we're getting a bunch of, like, cutting back and forth between Ellie, who's made it into the shed and is starting to power up the different systems, 
and the kids mm-hmm. being on the fence because um, basically once all the switches are flipped, that fence is going to be live with 10,000 volts running through it. Enough juice. And then it doesn't matter if there's dinosaurs or not, you're going to die. Right. It's enough juice to keep a dinosaur in. So it's like rough. <laughs> um, and of course, as we would expect for kind of like dramatic effect, uh, the only person left on the fence um, as the power comes back on is Tim because he's too scared. Um, so he literally gets like exploded off the fence. I don't, I was, try, I was trying to think like even in my notes, uh, both handwritten and in my outline, I was like, how do I scri- describe what happens to this kid? I don't he gets blown off the fence. <laughs> he just like, whoomph, he's on the yeah. ground. Um, and so, of course, there's a bit of a moment where we think maybe he's dead, but happily, he's alive. Um, meanwhile, back in the shed, um, Ellie is, like, kind of, like, breathing easy, because she's like, okay, got that, good, 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 and she starts, like, looking around for, um, Arnold, because he's not come back, and that's when Arnold's arm comes out from like behind and then it's disconnected it's just an arm like oh my gosh I feel like I forgot that part or I didn't pay attention yeah that's the death that I meant that I would have liked to see um like happen because then so first it's his arm comes out from like a weird behind space and then a raptor comes out right after that and so she has to immediately start running back to the control area you know what would have been funny you know what they should have done (laughs) And the only thing they should do in, like, the parody comedy version is what comes around the corner, all you see is the cigarette. And it <laughs> comes around the corner. And then the, around, then the raptor comes around the corner with Smoking the cigarette, cigarette in his mouth. Uh, <laughs> or Arnold's head with the cigarette still hanging <laughs> off it out of the mouth of the dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so things have really gotten super chaotic at this point. Um, and we're getting more death count. So Arnold gets killed in the shed. Then we are in the jungle where Muldoon gets it because he's killed by one of those smart raptors. Um, that has been his nemesis since the beginning of the movie. This was another pretty good one in a sense. Like I liked this death, but I was like, I don't know if I care enough about Muldoon to really get much out of this. I keep forgetting every time you say Muldoon, I kind of forget who he is. Yeah. Um, (laughs) meanwhile... Uh, Grant and the kids have made it to this central lodge and find it basically abandoned. Um, Ellie is there eventually. Um, and so once Ellie joins the group, I guess the kids feel a certain sense of normalcy because then they start eating all the desserts that are left out in this dining room. Um, I mean, that's what I would do. But then, and I mean, and I get it. Uh, Lex has chosen Jello, which yeah, I think we've choice. discussed on this podcast how much Jello sucks. Um, it's the worst. It's such a terrible. And of dessert. all the other choices, I know. Come on, you loser. But I know why she does it because then she's holding the spoon, it shakes. She does her shaky face thing. Yeah. And the dinosaurs come. Yep. They the raptors are have found that building. They've gotten inside, and then there's the whole kitchen scene where the kids are running through the kitchen trying to outsmart these raptors. But I will say, some of the shit that was really cool about this scene is like, so they run into the kitchen, and the raptor, like, tracks them, and then it walks into that circle in the door, 
and you see its face, and then you see its <laughs> breath, like, fog mm. the glass of the door, and I was like, that's mm-hmm. fucking cool. And then the other... Yeah, it's very well done, I think. And, I mean, I think this scene was also supposed to mirror whatever he t- scared those kids about yes a hundred percent yes yeah. and then the other thing that i thought was really cool about this is so they're hiding they're cowering in the kitchen the raptors outside the door and then i forget which one of them says something but like then you're like oh shit the raptor figured out how to open up the door like because it turns the handle oh, yeah. It's like literally turning the handle like a human. Yeah. <laughs> like. Um, I also wondered in this scene, because this is not like the T-Rex where we know you have to be like still and it won't see you. I was like, can this dinosaur smell the kids? Um, I bet. And then my other question is, there's been a lot of like dinos eating humans at the moment, but like would a dinosaur want to eat a human? Yeah, that's a good question, and I think we don't know. <laughs> well, true, we don't know, um, because like when it comes to like, but I think it's just like well, I think sharks like or that. tigers or any of it. They only ever end up. Yeah, I don't think attacking a human like because something else has gone wrong first. Like correct. it's not their usual Cor- choice to pick correct, that. and I don't think. Correct. And I don't think in most of those cases, you're besides dinosaurs, because I don't know, um, generally sharks don't even eat humans. Like, I mean, even when they attack them and kill them, a lot of times they're not like eating them. No, it's because they've know. chomped on them or something, but it's not. It's because you bleed out right. and it's just not good. Right. But yeah, I don't, I think, but I do think as humans, we like the like creepiness factor or like the thrill factor of like, you know, the guy getting picked off the thing and getting completely eaten. Like, yeah. we like that as fucked up as that sounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's for the scare factor. So that's fine. Yeah. But like, I just found myself wondering, I was like, but wait, like, do why? Or I guess maybe we could imagine the reason that all these different species have attacked humans is because they've been enclosed by them. And maybe that that's part yeah. of it. Um, yeah, talk to Tilikum. Yeah. Um, so you know who that is? Wait, talk to who? I said Tilikum. Tilikum. You know who that is? Is that an indigenous person? Wh- no, no. <laughs> he was the whale from SeaWorld who killed. Oh. He was who killed multiple people. I didn't know there was such a whale, but that's pretty cool. Oh my god. <laughs> it's cool. He killed. I mean, he killed like innocent people. That's less but good. But he was. But he was uh, in um, he was in captivity, and therefore is probably the reason it, why he killed people. Yeah. But. Well, hasn't there already been a whole like? Hasn't SeaWorld shut down because of various? I don't know any. I don't troubles? know. I, the, well, I mean, this he that whale just only recently died, and he killed the last person he killed was I think in like twenty. 11 12 13 I'm, i can't remember the dates but um yeah i don't know what the state of SeaWorld is now currently but yeah they've definitely gone downhill <laughs> yeah i thought there was some kind of even expose about them like a documentary it, or something yeah that's and it's about tilikum and oh. all the people that he killed Whoa. basically <laughs> okay yeah um yikes uh so finally everybody of the different 
groups that had been separated have found their way back together and they're in the control room. And this is when it's important for us to have learned that Lex was a hacker because now that the system's yep. back online, she is the only one apparently who can figure, it, figure out how to reactivate the locks to yep. protect them. Oh, I guess she would be because um, Arnold got killed, so he can't do it. Yeah, um, and also, guys, like, <laughs> if you're in a situation where the only person who's going to save you is a 14-year-old, like... Fuck your life. You you're dead. <laughs> oh, God, you are dead. D-E-D dead. Like, no way. <laughs> D-E-D. Yeah, you're, like, capital deadsville. Like, yeah. you... You should never Our count story. on a 14 year old girl for anything. Anything. And I'm just gonna, and I'll just say, like, no offense to 14 year old girls, but I'll just say any 14 year old. True. Like, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Don't rely on them for a your safety. A 14 year old boy could be worse. <laughs> like, who knows? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I could count on a 14 year old boy to, like, mow my lawn. Well, to be honest, though, in this movie, we're about to get proved wrong in five seconds because she does save the fucking She does. <laughs> she does. She figures it out, and I'm like, good, great work. And then they they, only, they have to, like, get to the Jeep to get to the helicopter to get out of there. So Jesus Christ. now that they've locked themselves in and the raptor is right at the door and it's like, get me it. It, like, wants to get in. They have to escape into the vents to get out of the building. And that bitch is smart because it's yeah, and I can tell it's and it's like jumping. It's like jumping through those like weird like square ceiling panels and like jumping and getting them, but they manage to survive. And the reason that they survive is like right as everything's really going to shit because they've gotten into the lobby again, and this is when they're all like twirling on the bits of the dinosaur bones like in the air yeah. and I'm like this yeah. is bad news like you are dead yeah. um they don't even twist their ankle in this movie no like, they it's wild. I think maybe people end up a little scratched up at the end yeah they're definitely but, scratched up dirty oh and wait and like I that, think but... Ellie maybe has a twisted ankle because there's a part where she's like limping funny oh okay maybe um right. but yeah very light on the injuries for the people who survive yeah. um yeah. but then the T-Rex comes in, like, literally deus ex machina style and starts attacking the raptors, which gives them enough time to jump into the jeep um, where uh, Grant says, like, I'm not endorsing your park. And Hammond is like, yeah, I got it. It's over. Um, and then the final scene is just completely silent. Everyone's in the chopper and they, I guess it's like, well, we made it and that's it. Yeah. And I got to say, like, my thought was also at that point, I would have been so thrilled that I survived a dinosaur attack, but also that chopper looked terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I'm a fan of helicopter flight, I've never been in one, so I don't know what it feels like. Um, it felt precarious to me because yeah, they were really close to the water at one point. Yeah. And anyway, they survived a dinosaur attack, so I guess they were like unfazed, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you're right that like perhaps the other films try to answer some questions about like what happens on this island after, or like who escaped. And what, Mm -hmm. you know, like, what that means. Um, 
because I have to assume that even though we only saw some deaths, there were probably other ones. Because I don't think literally everyone was on that ferry that left at 7. I don't think that's true. Um, No. So, yeah. And then I also kind of find myself wondering, like, what would happen to the dinosaurs that are left and like I know well that's exactly this is why I'm saying I feel like the ending does sort of open itself to the what I, I like I said I don't know what the sequels are but it opens itself to like there are there is an island of dinosaurs right uh someone can go have at it or you like you could have a <laughs> you could have a story about random ass people who are like look at this beautiful island i just found <laughs> and they like go there and then and then they're like oh shit right <laughs> like i don't know there could be some scenarios that could make for a good movie yeah because like i would have to assume that what would happen is like um whoa that makes no sense um i was just looking at the imdb description of the second one to see if that helped me oh. know anything but i don't think it does Um, because yeah, I would have to assume based on what we've seen that, um, the animals left on the island are going to be breeding amongst themselves. Like just, you know, normal life is going to start happening. And, um, that, that means that the meat eaters will prey upon, the herbivores because I also yep. don't get the impression that there were that there was other just regular wildlife on the island um no it didn't really seem like it but there might have been I feel like they show birds at some point <laughs> I don't know if that counts but no they like, definitely show birds but like I mean like so if we think about like the world of what actual dinosaurs would have been in I also similar to how I don't imagine that dinosaurs would care about eating humans I'm not sure that dinosaurs would have cared about eating other types of dinosaurs like different species they maybe Uh, Uh, would have oh like there wasn't any antelope right right like or tiger or mammoth or whatever thing would have been in the past because it's not like there was just dinosaurs and that was the only animals that there were there were all kinds of different uh, prehistoric animalia, flora and fauna. And so who's to say that they would eat each other? But like in this scenario, I didn't see that they had made a whole actual like ecosystem that included dinosaurs. They were giving them cows from somewhere um, mm-hmm. and goats and shit. So like maybe, I guess maybe that island has some little tiny goats and some cows, but like, I feel like those are going to get ripped through pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, woof. So did we address the various questions you had about this film? I mean, I think, I don't know. Like, my main question is like how and why. (laughs) I, I I think we got it. Like, and I mean, and at the same time, it's one of those things where I, I will say I was still like on board for it. I was okay. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, I, you can get very annoying with movies and be like, that would never happen. Or I, you know, and I do that plenty. You do. But <laughs> it's one of your favorite things to do on this podcast. I know well, specifically on this podcast. And as I've said before, like I am definitely more 
if I don't like the genre, I'm definitely more like, this is bullshit. Yeah. But, yeah, this one I'm on board for. There were, I did have a lot of questions, and I think I, an- I think I asked them all. I don't think we had answers necessarily. No, I, I, I don't think I ever promised answers. I just wanted to make no. sure we covered the questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, think, I think all my questions have been covered. Cool. So then uh, yawns and eye rolls. And as usual, we will begin with yawns, one yawn being this was not boring at all. And Tanyon's being like, this was way, way too boring. What would you give it? I think I would say, like, two. Mm-hmm. I would, like, it wasn't boring, but I've, you know, seen less boring. <laughs> okay. Or is that like, more of a, like, potential room for improvement grade? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, just like most movies for me personally, there's, like, a lag in, like, the, you know, hour mark where I'm like, well, okay, let's get on with it. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but mostly this one... You know, I was actually thinking, actually, the lag for me came a little bit more at the beginning because I was, like, ready. I was, like, let's get to the The dinosaurs, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, too. It was not boring. Yeah, I think I'm going to go full one because I actually feel like um, the pacing on this was really good. And, um, like, you know, in other things that we've said before, like, the big action movies of the present often are so long, long, long. So long. And this one is two hours and seven minutes. So it's in that ballpark with those. But I really mm-hmm. didn't feel that two hours and seven minutes. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, this it's, is, like, really engaging to me. It, it And it is. But it's too, like, it's too, it is too long. I forgot it was quite that long. So I guess maybe I didn't feel it either. But that's too long. Like that's Yeah, just I think like, it could do well from like a 15 to 20 minute shave off of that would be good. Yeah, something. Something to just tighten it up. Yeah. But nonetheless, I thought it was pretty good. And in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll <laughs> being like, yeah, you know, it's like a movie about clones. What do you expect? Um, and 10 eye rolls being like, really, really couldn't get into this world. What would you give it? Um, <laughs> uh, that's hard because, like I've said multiple times, like I'm not a scientist. I didn't question any of the science until we like maybe broke it down further, um, and I learned some things that I didn't know. So, like, like deoxyribonucleic acid, correct, and like the frog thing, I didn't know that. Um, I mean, I guess the movie told us that, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think I might even go one. Like I was oh. on board. I didn't care. Like it didn't wasn't. It's not too eye rolly, even though it really should be. When it you, like, really ex- should be. Yeah. Explain like the if you say like the um the synopsis of the movie, it's like oh yeah, they go to a dinosaur thing, dinosaur theme park, and you know shit goes bad. Like you'd be like, oh brother. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I was like on board. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna say one. Yeah, I feel the same. Like for all my, I I won't say that they were quibbles because I feel that they're stronger than that. But like for all my hesitations <laughs> about the DNA and like how this cloning thing was gonna work, um, I, the the storytelling of it all I think really worked well, and so I was carried along in the fantasy and so in that sense I guess I maybe I'll give it a two just to recognize that I've there were some things that I was like come on now just try a little 
just give us a little more of like what's happening and how this works. Um, but only a little. I only needed a little. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I would say this was a great success. And I, I would be surprised if no one has, if someone hasn't seen this movie. But let's say there was someone who hadn't seen it. Would you recommend it? Yeah, 100%. It's fun. Like, I mean, and that's, listen, I, I wouldn't even call this science fiction. Like, I, I mean, it is, I guess. But, like, it doesn't feel science fiction-y. It feels more like action slash horror slash 1993. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> like, I didn't know that was a genre of film. I, it basically should be. Like, 90s is a, is a, yeah, is a genre. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, 100%. It's, it's a good time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would recommend it if you've not seen it. There's plenty to enjoy that we have not ruined for you. Um, yeah. And the visuals are, like, yeah. what make it. Like, yeah. the story is, like, you get it from, like, you know. Yeah, it's pretty you know what the straightforward story-wise. Story yeah. But, yeah, I think so, too. I guess my only thing was is I when I, like, fired this up on the old television, I was like, oh, family fun time movie. And then I watched it again. I was like, I don't know if I would describe it like <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's, it's a little bit uh like it might be a good family movie but you got to make sure that the youngest person of your family is at least 10 or 11 I think you got to um, make sure they're not going to have like nightmares about dinosaurs yeah eating them. yeah but for <laughs> but. sure um well so this has been a rocking success and I hope by now we've fully gotten the taste of the cell out of your mouth so that we can just go on as normal going forward I guess. Uh, but I am Sarah Walsh and this has been my co-host Amy Walsh and this has been uh see you next week in space Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.